Marie. Um, same time, same place. And he's going to be talking about um, how common is workplace and boardroom harassment and how often is it ignored. That should be an interesting one. Um, if you have any suggestions for topics, there is a suggestion box just outside here. So please uh, feel free to contribute. Um, and just to recap on what Maria was talking about today, we're looking at are the Alberta government guidelines for best practices with respect to diverse sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression appropriate for drafting LGBTQ school practices? So. Let's keep questions concise, avoid any kind of personal attacks or emotional responses, um, but try to keep your questions short, one or two questions per person. Please state your name and then you can leave the mic and Maria will answer your question. And this is not a debate, guys, so let's have fun and welcome Maria back up. Hello. Okay, it worked. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. That was great. Um, my name is Christina, um, and I was just wondering if you could maybe speak to what um, evidence or organizations were, or in, uh, stakeholders and parties were um, sought for outreach uh, when developing the guidelines to give us a better idea of um, what kind of planning went into creating these great guidelines. Uh, thank you very much for your question. Uh, I said that I would put on the uh, screen uh, the, the internet access. If you go in there, you can see all of the um, documents and research uh, that they've uh, used when preparing the guidelines. Um, I would, and from my own uh, perspective, I would suspect that um, when they were doing the research for it, they would have also gone to Alberta Human Rights and the Canadian Human Rights to look at cases that have occurred uh, to help with that. But you, you've got the uh, address there, so you can go and have a look at those. I hope that answers your question. I'm Bev Lindelapperstone. Thank you very much, Maria. That was a very good presentation on a hard topic. Um, I'm just wondering, there's so many schools that have school uniforms. What um, What is the recommendation for schools that have strict uniforms, not just a dress code, but uniforms where cisgenic girls wear skirts and cisgenic boys wear pants? And what can people who are not uh, conforming to these particular gender-based groupings to wear. Um, thank, you. thank you for your question. Uh, I, I did talk a little bit about uh, dress codes need to be reviewed uh, with respect to the law and uh, the guidelines are there to assist people in coming up with those decisions. Um, to be very honest, I'm not sure if any of the schools in Lethbridge have uniforms, but uh, my uh, niece in Ontario went to a school that required a uniform, and uh, many years ago they actually changed the uniform that the girls could wear skirts if they chose to, or they can wear pants. So I would expect uh, 
things like that could be uh, utilized so that uh, the dress code uh, within the uh, act uh, would be adhered to. My name is Van Christou. Uh, thank you, Maria, very much for that very clear and, and concise uh, summary of, of some complex legislation that's gone through. <clears throat> With such progressive um, thinking in our educational system, uh, my question is, I wonder if the people who are not involved, who distance themselves from the educational system, uh, with homeschooling and so on, uh, if these people are not going to be left back behind in the dust uh, with, with this legislation, and are there any measures being taken in that direction? Um, I know that the uh, private schools have all been contacted, and um, they've been advised on the things that they need to do. They have a copy of the uh, best practices document, but I don't know uh, about uh, kids that are being homeschooled, uh, and I will certainly follow up with the minister, and I will give you my card so that I have an email address for you, and I will uh, provide that answer to you. In fact, I'll make sure I send it to Canute so he can share it, uh, but uh, to be honest, I don't know if they've contacted uh, homeschoolers. Hi, my name is Brooke Cully. Thanks, Maria, for coming today. And I'd like to publicly uh, uh, thank you for the bravery uh, that you take to legislate when you go to work there. It's truly inspiring. Thank you. Um, the, the trajectory that we've been on for four or five years about getting kids safe in schools, I think, took a turn when Bill 10 was passed. And I think well before Bill 10 was passed, school boards were drafting policies to protect all kids in schools. And, um, and then the guidelines come out. They muddy the waters. We're talking about bathrooms and clothing. We're not talking about safety of kids in schools. So my question is, in light of the pending deadline of March 31st, and the position that some school boards find themselves in, petitioned to hold public meetings. We have now given a voice to a side on this issue that maybe shouldn't be there. Will Minister Egan relax the March 31st deadline? Okay, I can't speak for the minister himself, but I personally would not. Um, what, what is expected to happen is they've had since last fall to begin developing those guidelines. And in fact, if they wanted uh, consultation with the parents in those schools. Uh, I really think that that should have happened last fall when they were tasked with doing uh, the policies. Uh, the guidelines are very much to assist. They are not law. They are guidelines uh, showing what a respectful uh, situation would be. Um, there have certainly been um, some outcries and uh, it was it was quite interesting because I got a phone call in my office and I was busy until six o'clock in the evening when I returned the phone call 
And that phone call went on for half an hour. And uh, the person on the other end uh, said some really ugly things to me. Uh, but he said he was a constituent. And I listened to what he's, he had to say, because obviously he's got an opinion, and that's valid. So I listened to him. And finally, I said to him, OK, so you haven't said to me which where you actually are and what what your problem is with what's going on because he had he just talked about me personally and well i won't get into that but uh so i had a conversation with him i talked to him about the guidelines and uh i told i thanked him for his uh feedback and i made notes on on his phone call and at nine o'clock that night uh, our message machine started to get phone messages until it was full. And all of the messages said exactly the same thing. And uh, the next day, I started to get messages uh, that were not the same. The messages the next day were, I'm so proud of you, this legislation needed to happen, and well, Sherry is the one who had to deal with all the messages, and it went on for days. The negative messages we got were over about a day and a half, and after that initial burst on that uh, Monday night, um, there were very few that came in after that. Uh, a couple of people came to the office and spoke to me. A couple of people called and wanted appointments. Sherry made the appointments, and then they never came to the office. Uh, to meet with me. So I know that it's a difficult topic for, uh, for some people to talk about, uh, but I've never been one to shy away uh, from uh, difficult topics. Uh, you need to deal with it head on, and uh, for me, the bottom line is that every single person who's in school needs to be respected and needs to be able to learn in an environment that is conducive to learning. And if you feel you're under threat, then uh, it's not a good place to learn. And then we haven't fulfilled our obligation. So uh, I hope that answers your question. Douglas Mitchell, thank you, Maria, for tackling this thorny issue. Or you come tackling this thorny issue. The first question comes from the rest of the table, and it's short and sweet. Could you define queer? Uh, I don't think that I could. Uh, I don't uh, self-identify as a queer person, and I would not like to apply what I think may be a definition uh, to somebody else. I think the best way to get an answer to that is somebody who self-identifies as queer. Yeah. Okay. As you know, as old people uh, way back when, before you were born. Uh, uh, That's a long time. Lumped everybody under the banner of queer yeah. covering it. Anyway, uh, my second question uh, really relates to uh, an issue which is bubbling under the surface and that is the impact of your own beliefs, particularly your religious beliefs. And as you know, uh, 
all the denominations that I know of have a different take on this whole business of how they uh, treat people with this issue. And that's why you, of course, received, I'm sure, some of these uh, nasty messages. But is that not going to become a problem along the way in terms of how, I know you've given some autonomy to the school boards, which is, is good, but uh, how do you see this uh, holding out and when you establish finally agree to the legislation? Okay, I think that's a really good question. And um, for me, um, first of all, I was raised Catholic, but I do not practice Catholicism. I'm a member of the United Church. And um, the, the views that uh, were presented when I was a member of the Catholic Church, uh, part of the reason that I stopped going to the Catholic Church was uh, because of some of those views. And um, I remember when I was probably 13, my best friend was an Anglican. And one of the things that I'd been taught in religious class was that the Roman Catholic Church was the, the one, only, holy Catholic Church. And if I, I didn't abide by the beliefs of the church, that I was not going to heaven. And my best friend was Anglican. And her parents were Anglican. And they were lovely, lovely people. And I could not wrap my head around the fact that I could go to heaven just because I was baptized Catholic. And they could not because they were Anglican. So um, in religious class, I asked the question. And I was uh, called a heretic because I asked those questions. Now, I ask questions all the time. And when the teacher called me a heretic, uh, I responded by saying, you know what? God gave me a brain, and he expects me to use my brain. And she was horrified, and I was in trouble in school, and by the time I got home, I was in worse trouble. But the reality is, I have a brain. When I ran, I ran on the NDP platform, and when I make decisions, I have to listen to whatever opinions my constituents provide to me. And I do. And I listen very thoughtfully to what their arguments are. But at the end of the day, I have constituents that are on both sides or three sides or four sides of an issue. I was elected to make decisions on behalf of my constituency and on the behalf of Alberta. And that's what I try to do. And I try to make a decision that is the most informed decision that it can be. Uh, thank you, Maria. Uh, my name is Lance Schoen. And uh, always inspiring listening to your talk or talk with you in person. And also appreciate always your door is open, so accessible uh, to all kinds of opinions. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, so this is a more in-depth look for me with your introduction of the Bill 10 uh, regarding the whole issue. So thank you for that. Now I'm more informed. But at the same time, uh, my background is industrial design, right? And design is usually people will think in different perspective. So maybe I can uh, invite uh, the legislative body to think 
another alternative look at the whole issue. When you treat a disease, for example, or any kind of issue, you might want to look into the cause. Do you have a question there? You might want to look at the cause of it. And uh, I personally have researched into, I have a boy of six and a boy of 11. Question. The question is coming. Please listen. <laughs> Don't take forever. The students are bored at school. Their attention has nowhere too productive to go. Sexuality is one outlet. That is a cause of it. I have a, a conversation with students visiting university. We have a lot of people that want to ask questions. Yes. Do you have a question? If we look at the issue, <laughs> could you please be quiet? Maria is okay. Why are you troubled? This is my job. <laughs> please don't cut in, all right? Let me speak. Oh. I'm going to have to ask you to leave the mic. I'm going to be a bad guy. Come on. Committee at McKillop wrote about a year and a half or two years ago to all the school divisions in the southern part of, uh, of Alberta and got a few replies back, uh, some a little defensive, some with openness. And so this is an issue that has been going on and the school divisions have been uh, challenged a bit about it. And so I really appreciate what, what the government is doing. Uh, one of the other pieces of information, and maybe you can react to it, I, I heard one of the misconceptions is the concern about additional costs around washrooms. Well, South Alberta Ethnic, uh, South Alberta uh, Outreach uh, worked together in, at the Leisure Center around washrooms and apparently saved money for the, all of us as, as taxpayers. So how is uh, how is the uh, uh, information, is that kind of information coming through to the government as you talk to people about uh, whether there are actually going to be additional costs or not? Uh, yes, that has been uh, discussed quite thoroughly. And as I said in my uh, presentation, Alberta education, based on the information they have, does not believe that it will be uh, extra capital costs. Hi, my name is Kirk Peterson. Uh, Marie, could you uh, fill us in on uh, some of the school boards in Alberta has already come up with uh, the required uh, policies. Uh, can you uh, exp uh, expand on that a little bit? Okay. Uh, a number of uh, school boards have submitted their policies to Alberta Education. I can't tell you who or how many, but some have, mm. and some are continuing to have discussion with Alberta Education in terms of developing those policies. 
but I guess we'll find out at the end of this month who's got them and who doesn't. Hi, Maria. I'm, I'm Henning Mundell. My question is, um, Alberta surely isn't the only jurisdiction that is grappling with this whole issue of integrating and lack of bullying and, and providing uh, space and, and uh, uh, appropriate responses. So I wonder, to what extent do other provinces, other jurisdictions, uh, are deal how stage are they at in this? Um, I'm pretty sure that Nova Scotia has finished their legislation and the schools have done their policies. Uh, I know that there are four or five other provinces that are working on them, but Henning, I'm sorry, I'd have to look it up and, and uh, find out who it is. And again, I can send you an email or I can send it to Knud and he can uh, post that. Terry Shellington, thank you very much, uh, Maria, for uh, your presentation. Uh, I'm very proud of the action the government has taken on this, but I just want to express a little bit of dis-ease around the timelines. And I just reflect that for some people, this is old stuff and we dealt with this 20 years ago, and for other people they won't even understand what the language is about, and that will include principals and staff and, and boards, uh, depending on their experience. And I know that we have a Catholic bishop, I think, on the other side of this issue, and probably some pastors and so on. And I think that from the fall until March is a very tight timeline for people who are being asked to to get a hold of a whole new vocabulary and, and set of issues. Uh, so as I say, do you want to comment on that? Uh, the tight, what seems to me like a tight timeline if you're, if you're a, a, a beginner in this conversation. Uh, the timeline actually started in uh, December of 2014 when the Conservatives first brought forward uh, the bill. And there was, uh, you may remember, there was lots of uh, uh, hot discussion that went on when the bill came forward. Uh, they made a couple of minor amendments and then brought it back in March and um, uh, voted on it in March and then it received oil assent in June. So uh, it's actually been probably a year and a half that the school boards have known about it and known that something was they were going to have to do something because anytime there's new legislation that will have impact on the schools, the schools have to update their policies. You just normally don't hear about it. Uh, because this was uh, uh, a hot issue, uh, my understanding is that uh, uh, at least one of the boards in uh, this city sent out uh, uh, messages to different schools that the council should meet and talk about it and in fact uh, when those messages went out those messages did not go to every parent they went to specific parents and I know that as a fact because uh, Sherry's uh, son goes to one of those schools and she only found out that the meeting at her school was going on because a friend of hers uh, had gotten uh, uh, an invite to it and Sherry did not. So when uh, she checked with other parents, uh, there was quite a number of other parents from that school who did not receive the notice that they were going to talk about it at the parent council meeting. So uh, the school boards knew about it and um, some schools were proactive. And in fact, the Catholic school board here in the Holy Spirit um, 
has been working on it right from the very beginning. And um, uh, the superintendent for that school board actually worked with um, Alberta Education to help develop those guidelines. So uh, I think that people have been involved. It just became public and people found out that it was happening and then some rhetoric started to happen. But it has been on the table for quite some time. And the school boards do have to have policies about bullying and harassment. And uh, what you're talking about is that kind of behavior to people who are identified as different than other kids in, in their school. So Terry, I hope that answered your question. Thank you. Ken. Hi, Maria. Ken Sears. Um, I want to ask you an unfair question, but if you look at the human rights codes across the country, there are essentially about 33, 36 different prohibited grounds for discrimination. In every one of those, however, all 10 provinces, all three territories, religious belief and gender orientation, gender expression are both protected. Now, under law, those are protected with equal weight. They came into the codes at different times for different reasons. And if you balance them off, they legally, at this point in time, have equal weight. So I'm fully expecting that the usual suspects will get together. There will be a human rights challenge to this policy. And so I guess the question is, will the Alberta government stand firm on this because in, 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 in face of that sort of a challenge? Will they stand firm in defending the, the right for gender orientation, gender expression? as opposed to a religious belief? Okay, I would expect that uh, the government will stand firm on it. Uh, certainly as a member of the legislature and a member of the government, I would certainly be standing firm on it. And uh, Ken, I appreciate that uh, you did bring it up and you talked about the balance because both have to be looked at equally, but I would certainly stand firm. We have a couple minutes still if uh, there's other questions. So this will probably be our last question then. Go ahead. Thank you, Maria. Uh, I'm a former school trustee and I had someone asked me the other day, what would, Carol Ruth Elzinga, sorry, uh, what would you do if you're on the school board? And I said, I haven't studied enough of the issue, but just uh, maybe for sake of levity, I would ask everybody in this room, how many went to school when you had boys' room door and a girl's door? And my question is, haven't we come a long way? And I really, I, I really want to compliment uh, your overview, and um, and it's very necessary. And thank you, because I feel uh, I feel better informed. Thank you. Yeah, okay. One more question. Go ahead. My name is Irish Slingerman. I would like it if you would tell us what is the government trying to do. To me, it is divide and conquer. They're looking to ruin the country. That's what they're trying to do. Thank you. Uh, I guess my response to that uh, would be that I have a responsibility 
uh, to look after and to make laws that protect everybody uh, in this province. And that's what I think. on behalf of SACPOM Maria for coming out today and thanks everybody else for coming out today and participating. We'll see you next week. Have a great day.